Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspil. Uh, well, guys, uh, no guests tonight. Uh, kind of breaking up a, a long streak of, of amazing guests we've had. Um, honestly, I, I wasn't even expecting to be uh, recording the pod this weekend. Uh, um, I was, you know, flipping some chicken on the grill outside, getting some asparagus going, and I looked down at my phone and see the news that Mike Poliski has resigned as AD of Northwestern. Uh, quite a tumultuous 10-day reign he had as uh, as AD. Um, but, you know, with that, we needed to get together and kind of talk through this. I mean, th- this past two weeks has just been insane. As far like, you know, just un- unpacking like what we talked about with Lee and Ella last episode and just what we've been talking about offline. Um, yeah, I, I think for us to just kind of work through what's been going on uh, at Northwestern, what does this mean for Northwestern athletics uh, and where do we go from here? Um, you know, these are all big questions and, you know, the three of us don't have the answers. We don't, um, but I I sure (laughs) wish we did. (laughs) This is, this is going to be part pod, part therapy session, I think. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. And I think, so I, I just off the top, I think it's important to know, like all, all three of us were critical of this hire. We were critical in, in our podcast with, with Leah and Ella, uh, a week ago, um, or, or what, a week and a half ago, we, we've been, um, concerned about the process, the message this 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 hire um, gave to the to the alumni base, what it said about um, the concerns that have been brought up by cheerleaders, by um, by female athletes, and like I want to be clear though, like n- none of us are taking a victory lap tonight. This has been a horrible ten days for the Northwestern community, and you know we've seen. Um, students current athletes calling each other out we've seen the alumni base arguing it's it's been really unpleasant it's been really i think divisive is the word we used when we um you know titled our last pod and talked about uh, uh about the hire and and before we you know got into the, the the weeds of it um it's been really hard to watch and I, it's been hard for the three of us who, you know everybody everybody who listens to this podcast we are we are freaking diehard Northwestern fans and have been for two decades plus. And this was really hard to watch. And um, so I, you know, I, at the same time, like I am, I'm, I'm feeling a sense of relief because I think this is the right thing for Northwestern um, that uh, Poliski has resigned and, and that the school is going to move on. I think I, I do believe that's the right thing, but, um, but I'm not happy about what's happened. I, I'm especially not happy, happy because I feel like it was totally predictable and totally avoidable that this would have played out this way. And I just, I think it's a stain on Northwestern. That's not going to go away for a long time. I totally agree. And I think there I'm kind of of two minds on this right now. We're on one, one hand, um, all caps healing is something that needs to happen in this community right now. Um, and, and there, there are some asterisks to that, right? Because we, we do need to heal. We also need to understand, right, that as Leah and Ella made abundantly clear on last week's pod, um, there are a lot of things that were just simmering, waiting to boil over. And this was the catalyst that allowed that to happen. As Scuzz said, the entirely predictable catalyst that brought all of this boiling over the pot, right? And a lot of that has to do with women on campus and off campus not feeling like they're being heard. Um, and, you know, women of color and minorities on campus not feeling like they're being heard. And those are issues that need to be addressed. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to say healing, as in we all just need to say kumbaya um, and, and avoid the changes that need to be made and the things that need to happen. But this is a this is a time for the community um, to to really step back and and be be conscious of these battle lines that have been drawn within our family, you know, amongst, you know, those of us who we love and who, you know, we care about and in the athletic community, we've been to war with, right? And and come together. And one of the ways that I was thinking about that was I had 
kind of a crystallizing moment this morning, several hours before Mike Poliski resigned, when I realized that he was going to be heading out the door. And that came um, when the letter came out that was signed by coaches, a lot of famous alumni, some current players, some former players, right? I think uh, Leah Simakopoulos said 141 people total were, were on the letter, um, signed in, in support of Poliski. And I think a lot of people's reaction to that letter initially was, you know, people who were against the Poliski hire was to immediately start looking and seeing whose names on there, how many athletes are there, how many non-athletes are on there. And those things mattered. But Ella Brockway had a tweet in response to this that triggered a small spark in my mind. And what she basically said was, let's take into account as we look at this, that there have been 10 days have gone by and we still haven't heard anything. And that triggered something in my mind. And then I really read the letter carefully and I looked at the language in the letter and when you read the letter carefully, you realized a lot of the people who signed this letter think the board of trustees are about to get rid of Mike Poliski. And when you stop and think about that, and then you look at some of the things where the letter really makes a sticking point, the idea that a lot of people who signed the letter believe that there's an inaccurate portrayal of Poliski as he was someone who sexually harassed cheerleaders um even though that that you know the lawsuit makes it clear that that's not the connection the connection is 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 something different and the letter even acknowledges that but you read the letter and and you step back and you realize there are a lot of really nice people on this list nice well-meaning people who consider mike poliski a friend and they are looking ahead to what comes next for him and they're thinking he's about to leave Northwestern, whether the board of trustees force him out or he resigns or a combination of the two. And what is his life af like after that moment? Regardless of what you think about Mike Poliski and regardless of where you fell along this whole issue, um, those are good people thinking about a friend. And it's one thing to, to, to stubbornly you know, be supporting a friend's promotion or whatever. It's quite another thing to be thinking about someone you consider a friend um, who is about to, to go into a dark place. And again, it's separate from all. Well, ho hopefully well, not. Well, like, well, hopefully like. Well, and again, we. And well, I, 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 there, there, hold on. There's a really important caveat. And I, and I think it, it. Many of the people who signed that letter or retweeted that letter or talked about that letter that I saw on Twitter today made a, a, a an, an important, albeit naive, caveat in, in their support, and that is that they all assume the allegations against Mike Poliski are false. I think that is a very dangerous thing oh, to just assume, oh, blanket, uh, no. and there's and I think our our like the biggest realization for me in the conversation we had with Ella and Leah and in all the reporting that has come out since from especially Leah and especially Shane and Ryan of the Chicago Tribune is that like you might believe that that Poliski didn't do anything wrong and he's going to be found innocent of, of or, or you know he's like that those those lawsuits are ultimately um, going to be dismissed or, or he's going to be found to be not at fault etc. The biggest problem with this hiring process is that the answer to to whether or not he was culpable in those cases or if there was an independent investigation that cleared him, et cetera, et cetera. The answer to that is clearly, we don't know. There's, there's clearly folks on the search committee that believe that if there was an investigation, it a wasn't independent or wasn't impartial or B that it didn't actually clear him. And that is a major, oh, major problem. Oh, so I like, oh, I, I guess just really important to caveat that oh, I could, those friends of Plisky oh. are, are, are making an assumption on the front end no, that I, I don't think stands up oh, to completely agree. Yeah. And we're going to go and we're going to litigate, you know, we're going to go through these things and, and litigate these things. And, and, and a lot of that we did last week and, and Leah and Ella did a lot last week too. Um, totally agree. I think it's just that one thing where I think there are people on the list, right? So again, and it's like, you're totally right about that. 
I do think though that there there are some people who were signing that list be, signing that letter because they were like he's a friend and I have a friend who is about to to head out, you know, kind of in in a really bad situation and I feel really bad about that friend. He was always good to me. And again, that's that is a separate thing where it's like to, to your point, no, everything you're saying is totally true. It's yep. just one of those things where I kind of realized at that moment, a lot of the people who are signing this letter can already see where this is going. And uh, uh, it's not the, it's not so much them building a wall to keep him in. It's more them being like, I, I just feel really bad about what's about to happen to this person. Yeah. 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 To- I, and, and I can understand that. I can empathize with that. I think by the same token, another thing that I wanted to, to make sure to point out tonight is that if you read the petition that Erica Carter started that garnered, I want to say um, close to uh, 1,400 signatures in total um, and in transparency, including mine, um, her her petition to the university said, A, we want you to reconsider elevating Mike Pliskley to this level. B, we want you to conduct an internal investigation. And if that investigation demonstrates that he violated the law um, or university policies that he be relieved of his position and, and, and fired. I want to emphasize that because like, again, like the question of, of like the outcome of these lawsuits or, or, or or the finding of guilt in these lawsuits has been, I think assumed (laughs) on on, on opposite sides of this argument in a way that I think is really dangerous and really unhealthy. And I like, I really appreciated that that it wasn't just like, we don't like this hire. You need to fire him. That was not the petition. I think that's a really important call out. Same thing with, with, with the letter that you're talking about, John is like, it was, Hey, we want you to reconsider this. We support him. But as part of that, we're assuming that he's also uh, not at fault in these cases. Totally. And like at, at, at the, at the core of everything, you know, even like as you go through the search process, if you've decided that Polisky's your guy, wait until everything is is done. Like wait until yes. all of these lawsuits are no longer pending. Some yes. settlement has been done, or or it's no longer kind of looming as this big you know, unknown question mark. Because you make this higher when you do, with all of these questions looming, with no transparency, with you know. 10 days, no press conference. Okay, Morty was traveling. Why are you making the hire with Morty traveling? That's just... It's crazy. It's the it, it's the biggest hire that Northwestern... It's the most high-profile hire Northwestern has, has made since, what, Chris Collins? At and, least, yeah. And, and there's not even a press conference scheduled? I mean, that's I that's, that's kind of damning in it, in and of itself. I, but but, I'm honest. but I'm, even with even with all that, though, like, if, if Poliski's going to be your guy... There's no need to hire him until everything is is done. You, you know, if you wait until everything is done, you could and you make the hire. I guarantee there is not this level of outcry. I so I I'm like still loading up for <laughs> like I'm <laughs> I'm I'm trying to stay um, like equanimous right now and and be because I'm like I. You're you're only you're only a pinky widths into that Negroni. Eh? I I mean I the the Morton Shapiro diatribe is is coming. Um, before yeah. um, I, I get there, I want to return to a couple of things that I think the scuzz that you touched on. One was um, when Morton Shapiro released his statement in support of Mike Poliski, the faculty released a response, and um, I think. That response had a couple important things in it, and one was kind of echoing something Scuzz said, which was this over-focus on the legality of the situation, right? And the over-focus on, um, like, this is, I mean, to echo what you both just said, this is not a, a whether or not someone should be arrested situation, or even at the time, whether or not someone should be fired situation. It's just a hiring situation, and legality is not the standard here. And I think the letter referred to something about what about what just is morally right and what you what you see in terms of conduct when you look at the letters, you know, when you look at the the lawsuit and you look at, you know, Alyssa Johnson's story and what Antoinette White and Erica Carter and other cheerleaders recount in that story. And, you know, 
how does that look to you? And and why should the the result of of a lawsuit at the end of the day um, make a difference? As an aside, I just want to say a couple things. First of all, for anyone who didn't listen just really quickly, were you to go back and listen to our pod from last week, if you hadn't heard this already, I made an error, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I suppose a short error, but a key error in terms of details relating to um, the who was present at meetings with Polisky and when they were present. Um, it, it was an error if you go back to um, the last pod and you just listen to the beginning, it, it lays out pretty quickly what those errors were. I'm not going to go into them here, but again, this is this was a mistake that I made on the last pod, and it was important to clear that mistake up. Another thing I just I want to mention only because um, I, I just kind of came across this, and it's one of those things that falls under. It's not information you need to know, but it's information that I I saw and was kind of amazed by. Um, you know, there's always the talk of, you, for example, Erica Carter, amongst other people. But Erica Carter referred to as former Northwestern cheerleader, right? Former Northwestern cheerleader, Erica Carter. And I don't know, that is at once true. And of course, she's proud of her time cheerleading and Northwestern cheerleaders are all proud. Kaylin Kaler's proud, etc. But Erica Carter went to Harvard Summer School, went to Northwestern, is at Columbia Law School, worked for almost a year at Goldman Sachs, worked at Google, is a law fellow in the city. Like the language of the petition that Scuzz referred to earlier, there's a reason why that language was so well done and so (laughs) impressive. Like this is a really amazing person who represents all the very best of Northwestern. Um, So I I just wanted to point that out. Um, So those couple things where you're absolutely right. It's like it's there has been this over focus on legality and that was part of the problem but um to your point i'm still i'm still working my way through this drink so i'll let you guys you guys work from here and then i'll circle back around yeah i mean like it like and and when you when you said earlier like it became clear that he was going to step down i was thinking the exact same thing cuz like he had to realize at some point and you know, obviously he came to that realization. He was never going to be able to do the job because with the amount of fury and uproar and just ill will that was being stirred up by the hire, like there wasn't any moving past this. And, you know, he fell on his sword. He resigned, you know, say what you will. At least, you know, he, you know, he made the decision easier for, Northwestern leadership, like they, he didn't put them into position to have to fire him, which, you know, I guess you can give him some credit for that. But, you know, it just, you know, it's, it's such a mess. And, you know, now we're in a situation where, uh, Jana Blaze is not the interim AD anymore. I'll let you get there. But what, yeah. what's interesting is, you know, I, I saw a bunch of people tweeting, oh, like a you know faculty member, you know, someone from the English department, the AD. This is a guy who was interim AD before Jim Phillips was brought in. So it's like, not like this is a completely out of the realm of reasonability. So like, let's pump the brakes on that. But, Jana Blay is not taking the interim back when she was a finalist. Tells me she's not gonna like she's not gonna want this job at this point. No one's gonna want like who wants this job now? It's something that I actually asked because I know John had read more of the the actual documents and lawsuits than I had. I, I was I was curious if if her name appeared. In, in the same way that, that Poliski's did. And I, and I believe the answer to that question was no. I'm going to hedge this hard with believe since I'm just coming off making a, a real screw up on our last pod. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me 10 foot high English hedge this and say, I don't believe so. Um, but I mean, certainly not in the way that, that, that Poliski was. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, but Sam's point's well taken. I mean, we don't know what, um, blaze's personal feeling is or or you know if they just felt that they had to step outside i mean it's frankly smart to go outside the athletic department right now um and do this but it it certainly it makes sense like it it it, but it but it does i mean and sam's right like i 
you wonder right now, right, which of these candidates would step into this right now into such a charged environment? I mean, and and maybe there are some. Maybe there's some who who would jump at the chance. I mean, I guess we're gonna find out. But well, I I think I think this is a good opportunity to. bring up I guess an elephant in the room and that's you know what what does this mean for Jim Phillips Phillips legacy as Northwestern's athletic director you know I think inarguably the most successful period of time for Northwestern athletics um absolute incredible uh advancement of facilities fundraising the brand etc you know, th- those were all the reasons that that people wanted Poliski to have this role. Those that were that were in support of him, and I think, like when Phillips retired, we we talked about on the pod and, and brought up, you know, the the couple of dark marks that have that that, that were on his ledger in terms of uh, the Vassar situation. You know, I don't think Northwestern covered itself in glory when Kane Coulter, um, you know the union busting the, the unionization things right um and then of course these recent lawsuits and you know i th- i think on one hand you you could you could you know try to lay a lot of this at, at, at the feet of jim phillips i think um there's conversations and points of view out there that that you know plisky was a guardian in in some ways for jim phillips and i mean like I think it is okay on one hand to say, Hey, you know, this, this administration had some missteps and they, they really screwed up in, in some situations. Um, what, you know, it's, it's also, I think fair to say that they probably didn't learn from those situations as well as they should have, or, or at least the, the president of Northwestern did. But, and, and, and John, this is maybe where, where I try to tee you up, um, <laughs> is that like, this didn't have to happen. This was so predictable I, that, yeah. that making this higher at this time in the culture of the United States, in, in, in the in the culture around college athletics, which has been just so it, it is so clearly corrupt and backwards and misinformed. Northwestern is a place that talks about itself in very high regard. And we have done this ourselves. Northwestern people believe that Northwestern is better and that they don't operate in this with the same backroom deals and and booster driven decisions that an Ohio state or a Texas does. And this decision flew in the face of all of that. And it is, it is just, it's simply hypocrisy. And, and that like, that's probably the most galling thing for me. It didn't have to happen. And Morton Shapiro, you know, in his, in his swan song as Northwestern's president, where again, in these last 18 months, he has, essentially lost the trust of campus that's the piece that that i think a lot of alums don't understand is that there have been decision after decision after decision that have not been transparent whether it's related to black lives matter protests concerns that female faculty and students that have have brought up um issues around covid and the plans this past fall and return to campus and who can do what and where and when and how it has been opaque and the trust has been lost, and and on the on the apex of that of of that path, Morton Shapiro decided to to lob this live grenade into the Northwestern campus and make a decision that was, I, I mean, the last ten days, like anybody who didn't think that, like looking back, anybody who didn't think that this is what was going to result at, at announcing Mike Plisky as the hire with everything else surrounding it and everything that we've experienced as a country in the last eighteen months is batshit crazy. I mean, yes, absolutely. And I think here, here's the thing, and I'll, I'll get into this this way. Um, I think as this went on, right, there were a couple of things where suddenly this story started to veer into kind of Keystone Cops territory where people looking in this story are kind of blinking twice and being like, oh my gosh. I think one of the moments was... Um, the fa- when Shapiro made his response um, in defense of the hire and then the faculty had this long letter and I know a lot of you did not read it or did not read the whole thing. If you got three quarters of the way down though, the faculty made the point that the independent investigator Morton Shapiro referred to um, was someone who on her website 
Um, this is the independent investigator that, that Shapiro referred to. On her website, it says she, quote, seeks to help educational institutions position themselves to avoid legal claims of discrimination by students and employees and to effectively respond to these claims. Now, this is an investigator who is an expert in in these issues. This is someone who gives conferences all over the United States, etc. This is not a Northwestern problem in this case. This is something that's kind of an overarching problem of like, there is not a, a, a well-defined best way to conduct these investigations but it's just so on the nose that on her website it actually says seeks to help educational institutions position themselves to avoid legal claims of discrimination and that was the the independent investigator he referred to so there was yeah, that do, doesn't sound very independent yeah, to well me. no 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 I, I i'll take a little bit of umbrage with that i mean she it might be an independent it's certainly not impartial that's, but yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, that's the right word. Right. No, thank, you, ab- thank you, Sammy. That's the right word. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And then, of course, there was the moment just, just yesterday where, or even the day before, where the connection about a, a very close friend of Pat Ryan's, now deceased, being um, Mike Poliski's father-in-law. And um, that was another moment where everyone, you know, just a forehead-slapping moment for a lot of people being, oh my gosh. Well... For me personally, above all of these things looms one singular thing above all the others. And I bet a lot of you don't even know about this. Morton Shapiro just published a book. When I say just, I mean this book was published in the United States in March and in the UK a week before he made this hire. And that book is about bridging fundamentalist divides. You couldn't make this stuff up. This book came out in the UK a week before he made the most divisive decision I can remember dropping in the Northwestern community. Um, in Certainly in the amount of time we've been doing this podcast. Um, the notion that the person who wrote this book would not be aware. I mean, we all, as lay people, the minute this hire, the minute Shannon Ryan published the story announcing who the final four was and that the leader was Poliski, my reaction at that point was, oh my gosh, this is going to be a firestorm if this gets announced. This will damage the Northwestern community. And that was before it even happened. And the idea that someone, and, and again, Leah and Ella, as made very clear, have a, have a level of understanding that far supersedes what we had that belongs to anyone who's on that campus right now or lives on that campus or teaches or administrates at that campus and what it is like there right now. And for Morton Shapiro to know all of this. I refuse to believe that if I, you know, armchair quarterbacking it, could immediately know the minute I found out this was likely to happen, how much damage this would do to the Northwestern community. You cannot convince me that this person who, again, just wrote a book about bridging fundamentalist divides was just unaware that this was a possibility you can't convince me of that and the well, is and isn't the evidence of of that as well the fact that there was no press conference scheduled for at least a week right and that he wasn't ruffle notwithstanding and wasn't and he wasn't here right i just yeah the he made he made this and then went on vacation for a week as if like i, I mean it literally reads as i'm gonna go away and let this blow over and then i'll come back and and like we'll do a press conference right that's crazy and and we were talking a little before the pod and certainly we've been talking throughout this hellacious 10 days and when i say hellacious i mean i'm sure you all feel it too but this has been awful for us and i think on top of all of this there's you look at the way the northwestern community has has been divided and this is something that we were talking about a little bit before the pod and we've certainly been talking about through this past week that the 
you have these sides who, who are debating about whether or not Poliski was a legitimate hire, right? And we've talked about that while we very much disagree with the other side vehemently, we understand the viewpoint of someone who is like, the legality means everything to me. I don't believe he's guilty. And I see everything he's done for this university and everything he's been a part of for the past 10 years. And those are the things that matter to me. And I believe that this is a wonderful hire and, and everyone else, I can't believe everyone else isn't going along with it. Well, I was going to say in a, in, a, in a vacuum, like, yeah, a hundred percent. Like, and we said it last week, he's wholly qualified for this role. He contributed a ton over the last decade to Northwestern sports. Um, that those, those two things are, are unquestionably true. Right. And then, and that's the thing. So like we, we disagree with the hire, but you can get that mindset. But what is just unassailably ridiculous, and this is something that has been clue has been true, not only to everyone on, you know, the opposite side of the issue of the people just described, but everyone in the middle who could go, you know, who was kind of, kind of could go either way on the, the hire itself had the wherewithal to step back and be like, this is destroying our community and is totally unnecessary. These are all the people who, if Nina King had been hired, for example, wouldn't even have blinked, right? Yep. Wouldn't have wouldn't have thought about Mike Poliski for a millisecond and would have been destroying like... Destroying the community and the brand. I think that's important too. Right, exactly. I mean, because a lot of people mention the Northwestern brand and being like, this is what has been built up. And it's like, yeah, well, a lot of things factor into the Northwestern brand. And... And this is the thing is there are a lot of people and we've heard from a lot of these people online who weren't mad so much about about Poliski, right? Poliski, like they are not they are not as hard in the camp of the people who are like, I'm very, very against him and very against this hire. What they are against is Shapiro and the hire itself because they just look and they're like, why is my community house on fire right now? Why is my Northwestern house on fire? Who lit this fire? Did this fire have to be lit? And they immediately say no. And then they're seeing all the stories, right? I mean, we we heard when the hire was first made from people within the Northwestern community, right? Who were saying, look, I have connections to, you know, members of the board of trustees. These are people I know, people I trust, People, you know, I have good relationships with, I believe in them. And then in the subsequent 10 days, you're finding out that a lot of these trustees weren't even clued into the hire and were out of the loop and were very mad about it. And then you see all of these people who are basically being like, so this was a horrible process that was non-functioning from the beginning that effectively, you know, lobbed this Molotov cocktail into the middle of my family who was responsible for this? And that is the thing that's, you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, you're going to have this healing of people being like, all right, we need to come together and move forward. But there is still this leadership piece to this that a lot of people, myself included, have not quelled their anger on. And I just, I come back to this. It, it was an inexcusable, damaging decision to our community. Yeah, well, I, I, there's been a... I might be I might be overreacting to like a subset of of tweets that I've seen tonight, but I feel like there's a lot of like oh Northwestern athletics like really bungled it again. No, Morton Shapiro bungled it. Yes, athletics certainly enabled it in some ways, right? Um, but this this falls at the feet of our erstwhile president, who is who is simultaneously credited with a whole you know elevating Northwestern's brand and and ranking and this that and the other thing, raising a gajillion dollars, blah 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 like he screwed the pooch on this and, and has caused irreparable harm to the community, the brand, um, et cetera. And that's, um, that's really, really frustrating. And there's, there's no, there, there's no one else to blame. I, like his is the legacy that I think is tarnished. I, I think you, I think you can, I, I, I think the stuff that has been uncovered during this conversation, like most people were aware of it. Um, but I should say, I should say, those who follow Northwestern closely were aware of the lot, a lot of the things that had come up and, and already baked that into some of their calculus of Jim Phillips and, and his legacy. But this is, 
this falls at the feet of Morton Shapiro, in my opinion. And it's, it's the fact, the fact that it's, it's in his, you know, waning, the waning days of his presidency and feels like a, well, I'm going to ride off into the sunset. Here you go, guys. Um, is just, is just exceptionally galling. Um, and I don't want to like, you know, I, I, I can't tell you a thing about his his tenure other than I you know well, what, I, I, what, I think he's what a I pro- can, what I can tell you is like he really has been instrumental in have in like leading the athletic department to where it is now like his you know Henry Beanan before him wasn't necessarily like the biggest gung-ho athletics go let's go 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 Shapiro's been really on the forefront of this athletics you know, kind of renovation revolution that we've, you know, been been in this past, you know, several years. I mean, he brought in Phillips. Right. That, that was, and like, the way that Northwestern Athletic Department has grown because of Shapiro and Phillips has been amazing. This is not look good. Like you said, this does not look good for, for Marty here. There are a lot, of, well, and there are a lot of alums who have been vocal online, right, about that exact fact that you just brought up, right? Especially older alums who are saying, look, I can remember when there was a totally adversarial relationship. And even to your point with Bean, and even we can remember that a little bit, right? And that Shapiro's done so much and everything. And it's like, that that's all true. But if this whole situation has taught us something, it's that a million good deeds don't excuse like one really horrible decision. And the... This was just such a a disaster. And again, I again, I'm personally angry. And yes, I know board of trustees are involved in hires and you know there's this closed door process and everything. The university president is where the buck stops. And this man made a decision that absolutely ruined the last 10 days of my life. This has been a brutal week and a half. And this is for for again a decision that was completely unnecessary and totally predictable and everything Scuzz said. And it's just the idea that we would dismiss all that and be like, oh, but he sure was great to the athletic. Those things are all true. One thing does not excuse the other. And it's just, it's, it's, Again, it's like like Scuzz said, you know, you use something like this, you say like, and now he's going to ride off into the sunset. And, you know, he would probably come back and be like, how dare you say something like that? And it's like, sorry, man. I mean, people are going to say things like that now because this is what happens when a devastating decision like this gets thrown into our community. And we have to watch the battle lines form amongst our brothers and sisters in Northwestern over the past 10 days and watch people pointing figures and calling names and all of these things. And you brought that on with this decision. Well, to your point, John, like, like with the guy who wrote the book on, you know, bridging fundamentalist divides, right? Like absolutely knew that this would, this would cause ripples at the very least. And either a, I mean, there's only two options here, right? A didn't care or B thought it would blow over in a week while he was on vacation. Right. I mean, it's, it is. And again, it's like, this is, this is the thing. And, and this is, it's, it's that simultaneous duality that I talked about earlier, right? Where it's like, on one hand, you know, there is part of me that wants to go to all those people who, who signed the petition and be like, in spite of everything, in spite of all the differences that have been laid bare, in spite of, to everything Scuzz said earlier and Sam about, Look, there are real problems. There are women who are feeling not heard. There are women of color who are feeling marginalized on our campus right now. And that doesn't get healed with hugs across the battle lines. But there is that other part of me who is like, look, I feel really bad for for people who are good people, who, who know Poliski. And to him, he's a friend they see in the hallway who always had a smile and a handshake. And now they're watching this thing play out and they just feel gutted about that. That's, a, that's an emotion that a decent person feels. And I, you know, and, and these are, a lot of these people are people we've shared wonderful moments with. And, and I do have part of me that wants to come together with all of these people and start to heal as a Northwestern community. And on the other hand, I just, at this point, 
have have just no time for the, the the person at the top who who brought all of this in motion that again like I said this is not going to wash off and this is something that's going to take us a long time uh to pull back from and and again i i have no forgiveness in my in my heart for that right now there's one other angle that i kind of want to i guess explore a little bit and 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 articulate kind of my sympathy toward but then also say at what cost and that's you know as as hardcore Northwestern sports fans, which the three of us are, I know there's a lot of people out there that are, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, the, that this is their mental calculus, but I think it essentially boils down to the ends justify the means. Right. And, you know, we want to be, we want to be a big time sports program. Phillips Poliski did so much in the last 13 years. Like, of course, these allegations aren't true. Like, of, of, of course we need to stay the course and, um, you know, build on what we've built and, and we want to be competitive with Ohio state in the big Tim championship. We want the football program to thrive. We want, you know, softball and basketball and everything to survive, to, 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 to thrive, you know, Northwestern athletics kind of rolled out this, this, um, uh, these statements by various coaches from various teams, um, women's sports teams, men's sport teams, uh, coaches of color, et cetera, uh, in support of Poliski, you know, on one hand, like, of course, a coach is going to, you know, come out in support of their boss in this, in this, in this framework, it's, but especially their new boss, who's like getting his job in weird circumstances. Yeah. And, and someone that they've worked closely with for the last decade. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and, and, and I, and I a lot of the letters that, said exactly that too. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I just, I, there's, there's a, there, I, I think there is a, it's, it's an easy way to evaluate this and kind of say like, ah, right, you know, the lawsuit stuff must not be true or, you know, or it's somewhere in the middle or we're going to figure that out. Right. Like, like, I, I think that's a, a reaction that people take. And then to say, you know, I really want the sports thing to be true, but at what cost, at what cost to our integrity as people, to our belief that that Northwestern can be different and can be better. I mean, like, yeah, I want to compete with Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. I don't want this university to operate like Ohio State. That's what this has felt like for me, to be honest. And 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 I just like, I can empathize with the desire to not lose the momentum there. And and you know, I, there's people saying tonight, like, oh man, like, no no sitting Power Five AD is going to want to touch this job now, and it's seems like that was maybe true <laughs> three weeks ago too, or, or they weren't being given the opportunity to touch it. I don't know. I don't know what's actually true. I guess we'll find out over, over the course of, of the coming months, but or like the will reality we? is, sorry, that was cynical. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is like, like I, I, I get it. Like this is bad for Northwestern sports. This is bad for Northwestern athletics at, at the end of the day. Like, like this, this experience has left, an, an, an ugly scar and it's not going to be one that we're going to fix soon. But like, I would take that a hundred times out of a hundred versus doing something that I think is antithetical to, to who Northwestern purpose itself to be. And I know Northwestern is not perfect and they never will per- be perfect. And I, you know, I like we have this conversation amongst my wife and I have this conversation all the time. Like, you know, you see, let's go back the Penn state scandal. Right. Um, uh, Mississippi and Hugh Freeze and like like these things pop up and you know it's it's not just about recruiting scandals right there's there's all these other um horrible situations abuses of power et cetera et cetera that that have played out in college athletics and and you know as a Notre Dame grad she and I are kind of always like oh man I'm I'm so glad it's not north northwestern or Notre Dame um but you have you have to be careful to not put your people on up up on a pedestal right like I you know we all think extremely highly of Pat Fitzgerald I think we're also pretty cautious to be like, well, we think we know he's a really good guy. Right. No, I mean, we've never actually met him. Right. And that's not to throw any shade at Pat Fitzgerald. It's just like when you, when you elevate regular people who are working a corporate, you know, a corporate job, just like I am um, to a pedestal, like nobody should put me on a pedestal for what I do in my day job. Right. Um, and yeah, it's a hard thing that I can't even fathom being a football coach. And I think most Northwestern fans can't either, but like, you have to be careful with, with, you know, to not bleed into hero worship in this space. 
Abs- I totally agree, and you're you're totally right. I will say though that I I wouldn't say um, heroes, but you know there there was talk earlier this week about um, you know just so to everything you were saying right about like Northwestern and and Stain and and you know how does this make us look and um, you know someone we know you know tweeted out earlier this week like one of these sad tweets being like, are we the bad guys now? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I will say this, that was that a Hogan's heroes reference. I, I don't, I, I don't I didn't even know where know. that was from, but, but my thought looking at that after I thought is like, you know what? We is a heck of a broad definition. And to your point earlier, um, this was a decision that a small group of people, you know, with a buck that stopped at a single person made up at the top of the ladder. And meanwhile, over the course of this same week, there have been people who are our people, Northwestern people, who distinguish themselves with honor and glory. Um, I would start with, you know, Northwestern journalists, Northwestern student journalists, who, um, you know, Leah Asimakopoulos, who was on the pod last week, um, Ella Brockway as well, um, other people at Inside and You, other people at the Daily Northwestern. Um, I think we should single out Leah in particular, though. Um, carried so much water on this story from the very beginning when not a lot of people were. And you're talking about student journalism not as a compliment to non-student journalism, but really as essential journalism. Um, that op-ed that Leah wrote at the beginning of the week was an important document that represented a lot of on-campus thinking at a time when a lot of people needed to know how people on campus were thinking about that that situation. Um, if you were looking for information in real time about the Northwestern protest outside of Morton Shapiro's house, chances are you got that information from Leah Simakopoulos, who was live tweeting and giving information and putting up photos. She did more investigative journalism. I mean, like, there were others. And again, it's the Daily Inside NU doing excellent work. But these are student journalists who, you know, Sam and I have the thing, you know, where we represent with pride the idea that Northwestern is the best journalism school in the country. And it was this week. Um, it, it was there were Northwestern journalists who distinguished themselves with excellence. Um I would throw Alyssa Johnson in, who's another, you know, the article she wrote for The Daily that became a big part of this, even though they came earlier, that were important source documents that were something that were very important and provided very important information. Um, And Erica Carter, who created a petition that has, I think, 1,300 signatures and counting right now. Um, That was an important way for people um, to reflect their voice and to have their voice heard on the community, et cetera. Um, and it's just these are Northwestern students or former Northwestern students, recently graduated Northwestern students who made a, a massive impact and did did unbelievable work. So, um, you know, I, to me, that is we and that falls into the Northwestern community, too. And I think it's it's important to, to recognize that um, some people distinguish themselves in a week when when few did. So where do we go? Where do we go from here? Like, well, well, we've got another AD search. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This um, last one took four months and I'm like, you got to think this new one is going to be starting from scratch. You, you have to, you know, Shapiro's statement today said, you know, there'll be news in the coming months. Um, his tenure goes through next August uh, of 2022 so it's a long lame duck session. It I, certainly is. I, I like, I imagine like may, like maybe he takes his hands off the wheel on this and, and allows the search committee to really, truly, you know, make, make the choice, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But um, given that the committee, you know, recommended in addition to Polisky, um, Yana Blaise, um, Nina King and uh, Anucha Brown, like, you would think it would start there, but but maybe you need to re-engage those folks and see if they're still interested. Um, perhaps. I mean, that, you know, that they they were not chosen. 
There's yeah, yeah. So like, it's, great, I, and I, honestly, I, like, and honestly too, before you can ride that bicycle, you know, uh, along the along the trail, you got to rebuild the bicycle, right? I mean, the board yeah, of trustees yeah, is a fractured group right now. Yeah. Um, yep. And yeah, and you, I think you, you, the whole process has to be repaired at this point. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. And 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 I mean, this goes back to something that that I think I said off the top is that like transparency has to be key in this mm-hmm. and. I think, you know, something that we, we haven't really talked about on specifically on the pod. We, we talked about it with, with Leah and, and, and Ella, and I, I believe you guys are, are in, in a similar camp to me, but I don't want to speak for you here. I, I'll, I'll say I believe it is important. It is an important opportunity for Northwestern to take advantage of elevating a person of color or a woman or a woman of color to this role. There, you know, there, there's too few um, represented at this level in college athletics, especially at the power five level. And I, I just, I think it is a, I think it is a worthwhile um, thing to prioritize and to execute. I can understand the position and the perspective that we should hire the best candidate, no matter what, like that, like I, I'm, I think that is an okay thing for a different person to, to believe. I disagree with it. I, but like, I can understand that perspective. Um, but I, I, I don't see how Northwestern doesn't approach this with um, diversity in mind, especially given that the voices raised up on campus in you know frustration with the transparency in the process have primarily been women. Um, I just I like I I I think you have to address that directly if you're Northwestern and you have to send a message to the community that you've heard them or at the, at the very minimum, put enough transparency into the process that there are no questions at the end of the day. There's no questions about a backroom deal. There's no questions about favoritism. There's no questions about um, bias and that, and that the process is so open and so transparent that people can feel good with it, whatever the result is. I don't. I don't see another way forward that doesn't result in the same sort of upheaval. Well, and yet, how how much do you believe that's actually how it's going to go down? Again, sorry if I'm being cynical, but yeah, no, I. Well, and you get a lot of people who say the cynical thing too, where they'll be like, "Well, watch them hire a black woman now," because like they'll feel like they have to, and it's like, first of all, that's just a gross. It's the grossest kind of cynicism. And I think the thing to throw back to Scuzz is the the thing that people seem to always miss about the best candidate for the job thing is that best is a super broad term. And <laughs> it's really, really subjective. And that and and this is a point that Leah made on the pod last week about how how amazing are Northwestern's women's sports teams right now. And how amazing are how how Amazing is the work that all of these women are doing across so many sports and how meaningful would be would it be for them to be able to look up at the highest rung um, at Northwestern or of the Northwestern Athletic Department and see someone who is a woman up at the top of that. And the idea that in specifically in the case of a woman of color, the you can't quantify the the feeling of of an underrepresented group of people right who have not had the opportunity to look up to the highest rungs and see someone who looks like them at the highest rungs and what that means what that representation means right it's not about checking a box it's not about being like look we checked the black woman box in the leadership it's that there are so many people students and student athletes who have not had the opportunity to look at the leadership situation at the the school that they're attending the the business that they work for who knows how many things and see so, someone who looks like them in a leadership position how much is that worth when you're considering best candidate for the job how can you calculate the value of that the value that that just puts inside the soul every day of someone who looks at that leadership person you're talking about all of these people and the relationships that they build with Mike Poliski in a close environment, what's the value of those 
relationships in those hallways within whatever buildings for a minority student athlete when that interaction's happening with someone who is a minority or is a min you know is a woman and a woman of color etc um and again this isn't to say that it's a lead pipe that it has to be but i just feel like there's that cynicism out there now that it, that and again only within a small group but there's that cynicism that's like watch them do this now and it's like you know that's some it's something that should be done a lot more anyway that makes a lot of our student athletes feel a lot better every day like that sounds like something i want to be a part of so again if if that's the road that we end up going down and if this is the the, the horrible road that's led us to that decision then then you know we can at least celebrate that we're going to get you know a valuable decision like that out of it and one thing so, i, ha- I had well add- that you know one thing I have to add, though, is dot your I's and cross your T's, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, for the love of God, make sure you, you know what you're doing. On clear laminate paper so we can all see it at all times. <laughs> it's like, oh, my Lord. I know. Let's Sorry, Scott, you, you were saying, I apologize. Oh, no, I just, I like, I, I couldn't agree more with what John said. And I, like, I think he said it a hell of a lot better than I did, um, which is... No, which happens often on this podcast, but um, <laughs> but Sam, I, I think your point is 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 on is on point too. Like the, the the transparency is is critical, and like I maybe this got lost in my um, circuitous uh, point that I made earlier, but I like John. I think you've articulated like this is a huge opportunity to elevate someone. Um, it, it, you know, not 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 in a we're going to pick them because of X, but we're going to pick them because of what this does for our community and what this does for our student athletes and the message that this sends. And because it's, it's the right thing to do. And we haven't done enough of this in, in our culture, in our, in our, in athletics and in, you know, major academia, um, it would be a statement and it would be a statement that would align with, with, I think the things that Northwestern likes to think that it's about. Right. And, and, and again, a hire like that is going to help us, you know, on the road out. And I think you're going to see a lot of Shapiro lying very low from this point on um, a very public process, but a process that, you know, I think he's going to, he is probably going to try to take as much of a backseat as, as he can and with good reason. Um, but yeah, I think you'll, we have the opportunity, right. To have, to now, start fixing this with with a transparent process that that allows everyone to see it and hopefully has a a positive outcome that serves our student athletes um um and speaking speaking of our student athletes one aside to some resolution coming out of this and um us at least reaching a turning point at the end of again just an absolutely brutal 10-day stretch is now we can focus on women's softball and women's lacrosse um and that there will not be this continuing uncertainty of what's going to happen with the mike poliski situation in particular hanging over the women's lacrosse team as they head into the postseason here and or head into the ncaa tournament um because i want to give my full focus to that i just want to put my eyes on women's lacs through this tournament and their quest for a national title um, and, and be able, especially now, especially since we seem to have reached this pause and this regrouping period to be like, God, can I just not think about this now? Can I just think about women's lacks trying to win a national title? Can I just think about women's softball finishing up? Women's softball has their last regular season series against Nebraska starts on Friday, goes through the weekend, and then they'll be looking toward the postseason. Um, and it's like, these are the things we want to focus about. These are the things we want to focus on. These are the things, these are the athletic things we really care about right now. This is what we really want to be, want to be looking at. We want to be starting to look ahead to the football and spring and like our summer previews. And it's like, now we can take a breath and get back to the things we really want to be focusing on. So on that note, let's, let's go there. And, you know, I, lacrosse. Number two seed gets home court, home field advantage, if you will. Um, we'll take on the winner of Stanford and Denver. Uh, you know, they get that first round bye. 
Did we talk about the fact that uh, Izzy Skane, Lauren Gilbert, and Lindsay McCohn all to Wharton finalists? <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Ridiculous. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. It's incredible. I mean, the team is so good. And there were some people talking about it, too, being like, I think there were some in the lacrosse intelligentsia who were worried that Northwestern was not going to get a two seed. And when they did, being like, you you all need to understand how good this team is and that they've been throttling everyone that they've played. Um, and I think, which is kind of cool because on, on one hand, um, you th- that is absolutely true, three Twarton finalists. And on the other hand, this team is being like, we should have a one seed right now. And we don't. And that's what you want. You want them angry and hungry. I love that um, they, get, they got kind of a nice draw. So... Stanford, Maryland, um, probably the toughest teams in their bracket. Duke as well, I believe. Um, Syracuse looming in the Final Four. Yeah, if if they're to progress to the Final Four, uh, presumably Syracuse would be the the toughest team coming out of out of the other side in the semifinal. Um, I'm pretty pleased. Boston College has um, I forget her name, but uh, she's she's I think close to Izzy Skein level offensive um, impact uh, and has has been doing incredible things for Boston College all, all year. I think Notre Dame's another team that's, I don't know, felt like they had Northwestern's number the last couple seasons, so I'm, I'm just as pleased to not see those teams um, in our side of, of the equation. And maybe that's old tape, and I'm just, like, scarred from the last couple of years, but um, it feels like a decent draw, and I just – this this team is so good and you know all signs point to a northwestern north carolina final that will be just lit as hell that would that would be awesome um should we also mention the uh new basketball assistant coach taylor battle yeah this is interesting uh you might remember him from his time destroying the cats <laughs> crushing our hopes and dreams <laughs> as, yeah. as he played for penn state but he's also Boo Booey's half brother. It's a pretty interesting strategy um, of of bringing in just like one of the most incredible Big Ten point guards um, of the last what decade, and to presumably coach his younger half brother, um, who at times has shown an incredible skill set of it is of his own and then at times has has really struggled and that's you know kind of been a key factor for northwestern's offense going going um i don't want to say silent but struggling right um it's a it's a it's a fascinating approach it's funny because people i think a lot of times have kind of looked sideways at the the brother father kind of coach hire but that's always because it's one of those things that's so often set up as a recruiting ploy right like oh look we just hired this guy's brother because we're trying to land this five-star recruit etc um hey it it worked for uw milwaukee yeah yes it did in the case of of a father that's for sure um patrick baldwin jr going to milwaukee just everyone's shocked to play for his dad but um the but in this case that's not what happened at all like boo boo is there I did think way back to our conversation with Jordan Ash um, and some of the the conversations we had with him kind of about Pete Nance, though, and almost Jordan Ash being like, look like, you know, I've tried, you know, I've given him pep talks that I feel like I've had like a real inspiration. And like so much of it is like being able to get through to somebody and inspire them and pump them up and et cetera. Right. And it's just like an older brother is going to be able to do that like no one else can. And that I mean, it is one of those things. Like I wouldn't discount it. I wouldn't discount the ability of Taylor Battle to to light a fire under Boo um, that no one else is able to do. And again, that's not to say he's hired just to do this one thing. Um, you know, again, I'm I'm really happy he's an assistant coach at Northwestern and not an assistant coach at any other Big Ten team because he kind of made it his mission to destroy Northwestern. <laughs> while he was at Penn State. So I'm really happy he's on our side now. But I really do feel like this will have uh, a really positive impact on Boo. Deep breath, guys. 
How we how we feeling? How we feeling? I'm ready for a nap. I just need I need to rest. I need to decompress, take take a breath, and I think as as do we all. I think I think there there are some things that will take a long time to 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 heal and to fix and everything. But now maybe it's a time for all of us to just step back and take a breath. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough ten days. There's been a lot of finger pointing. Um, a lot of folks upset within our community, and and I I just I don't think anybody's really been happy with how the last ten days have played out, and hopefully that can be a starting point for um, a better way forward. Well, ho- hopefully you listened to our silly little pod, and were able to you know get some level of relief, release, if you will, and we can all kind of move on together. Um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, the rest of spring sports kind of hitting the postseason, And, you know, before you know it, I mean, we're halfway through May here, guys. Um, you know, summer previews are, are coming uh, real soon. Um, and Michigan State, that, that first game against Michigan State coming up end of August, early September, that, that's a lot closer than it seems. So, uh, you know, we've, we've got some good stuff coming down the pike here, guys. And uh, there's definitely a lot to be excited about. Um, and now we can kind of hopefully leave this storm behind us and, uh, you know, come together and, and move forward and, uh, you know, get back into Ryan Field this fall. Like, hopefully that everything is, looks like we're going to be able to get into the stadium in some fashion. So... Ah, that'll be good. It'll be good to get out there and tailgate and see people and, you know, cheer on the cats. Like, you know, we all really want to do. Exactly. We all need to do it. And, hey, start doing it this Saturday. Tune in. Watch women's lacrosse. Um, and uh, let's all come together and root for, for some Northwestern victories. That's, that's what we all need to do. Well, uh, let's go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pirates. You can always email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the west side of Ryan Field playing the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skazbar, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.